The following is an unedited full-length recording of the October 31st, 2017 Board of Selectmen meeting. Video of Board of Selectmen meetings air on the Government Channel in Foxborough and are also available on the Foxborough Cable Access website at fcatv.org. Meeting coverage is made available through the efforts of Foxborough Cable Access on behalf of the Foxborough Board of Selectmen. This meeting runs one hour and 20 minutes. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the October 31st. Uh, 2017 selectmen's meeting. Uh, a little after 6:30, we're going to uh, go into executive session to conduct strategy sessions in preparation for negotiations with union personnel, or to conduct collective bargaining sessions or contract negotiations with union personnel. Uh, Foxborough Professional Firefighters Association, Local 2252, United Steel Workers, A and B, AFL CIO. Um, Board of Selectmen approve executive session minutes of 10-17-17. Uh, can I have a motion? Move to uh, move into executive session. Second. Motion made. Second. Any further discussion? Seeing none. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Mark, Mark, yes. 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 David, yes. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, sorry we're running a little behind. Uh, we just adjourned from executive session. Um, like I said earlier, today's uh, Tuesday, October 31st, Board of Selectmen's meeting, um, and really the start of a new era uh, in our new Selectmen's meeting room at our new town hall. So it's going to be an evening of firsts. Uh, I'll read the agenda. 7 o'clock, uh, Citizens Input 705, uh, Police Chief Bill Baker, Public Nuisance Bylaw, Discuss Vote, Public Nuisance, by nuisance Bylaw. 715, uh, Raptor Restaurant Group, LLC, DBA, Mo Southwest Grill, approval of a common VIC license, because I can't say that word, and a seven-day entertainment license. 725, uh, Liquor Regulation Working Group, discuss proposed liquor regulations. 735, uh, Housing Authority, discuss Walnut Street Project. 750, uh, Bill Keegan, Jr., Special Town Meeting, meeting Articles. 835, uh, Board of Selectmen signed special town meeting warrant. 845, Selectmen's update. 855, town manager's update. 905, assistant town manager's update. And then we have a bunch of action items. Um, Bill Caspara, will you lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance? <laughs> Being the first. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Okay. 7.30, um, so we are behind. Is there anybody here for citizens' input? Anybody? No? The chairman, just on, um, I know that, that, that Chief Hatfield is here, and Chief Hatfield is our emergency operations director, as we all know, and... And just probably fitting to at least uh, give a brief update of what happened during the past storm uh, to give people, um, the community, a, uh, an update on that. First of all, we are 100% back up, uh, at least to our knowledge, in terms, of, um, in terms of electricity. It turns out that that electricity outage was um, based upon the fact that we had some outages that, that occurred any time after 11 o'clock on uh, Sunday night into the early morning hours of Monday morning. Um, the, the first repairs did not really start till about noontime on, on uh, Monday because they first had to wait for the storm to pass, and then they had to do an evaluation and then determine where the, where the, where the, uh, the outages were occurring. 
And so the actual repair started around noontime. We were notified this morning at around 10 o'clock that the town was back up and running. So for all intents and purposes, we were out for about 22 hours, give or take a few hours, depending upon where folks folks were. Um, I have to tell you, I consider that to be a, a very significant and very successful response by North by National Grid. Um, they were very cooperative through us, through, to us throughout the entire process. They were in constant contact with the chief. The chief was in constant contact with me. I spoke with National uh, Grid representatives throughout the storm, um, and they were very responsive to us, um, un unlike some folks who are still without po power this evening. Um, they were very responsive to, to Foxborough, and I, I want to thank the dispatchers, the, the public safety personnel, uh, 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 D uh, DPW personnel, all the office personnel who had to deal with a lot of you know troubling phone calls from folks, uh, and that, I'll speak about that in, in, in a minute, but um, who really uh, stood up and, and did everything they could to try and help folks during that difficult situation. But fortunately, it was less than about a 24-hour period, and, um, and I think the chief did a terrific job of, of managing all of that and keeping us well informed. So with that, I'll turn it over to the chief and just say, give us a brief update. That was a great report. <laughs> and, uh, I was going to say, did he leave you anything? <laughs> that, was, that was perfect. Really, and honestly, I, I, can't, I can't say enough about National Grid. They, they really worked with us really well on this storm. It was different than the Union Loop. It wasn't the Union Loop in this situation. Right. And so, um, you know, I, they took our, our concerns very serious when we talked about our seniors and making sure our, our senior, senior housing got up and, and running before dark. By 4.30, they were up and running. And then really worked on our schools. So... Town manager did a great report, and uh, I, I can't say enough about the dispatchers and everybody that, you know, all the public safety, police, and fire, and, and everybody working together. We had a lot of debris, a lot of branches, a lot of debris, and you would have known it uh, by, by today. So. I think just, just one comment about civil discourse that we, I think I have to mention because I think it's, it was yesterday I actually witnessed it myself that people were really angry and violent towards some of our members of yes. other staff. And it's really uncalled for because our folks did nothing but try and be helpful yesterday. And, and I understand people get frustrated, and, and, and we end up being the, the brunt of that many times. But it's really uncalled for. And I think folks, I wish people would, would, would take that into consideration because there's human beings on the other side of their phone and there's and human beings that sit in this office. And, and, and by and large, I have to tell you, the chief was one of the last people to be turned on last night. So it wasn't like he wasn't in the same boat as everybody, everybody else was. So I have to tell you that I, I, I hope that, and my message to folks tonight is that, look, we are here to help you in any way, shape, or form. We don't control National Grid. That's all the ultimate story. But we do everything we can to work with them because ultimately they work with us. And we did, we did that yesterday in the best way we possibly could, and we will try to be as extremely responsible to folks as we could. Um, my only request and, and, and uh, plea to folks is that please be, please be mindful of the fact that we're here to help you. And, and please don't take it out on the staff because those folks there are trying to be as, as equally as helpful. So can I, can I just yeah. ask through the chair sure. a question? Mm -hmm. Sure. The frustration and the anger that you saw? Yeah. I mean, it was a big storm. People assume there's going to be trees come down in, sure. the, in the lines. At what point when they got frustrated was it not about the electricity was out? Was it about lack of information or National Grid not answering their phones or their website? There's frustration not because it went out. I think it's frustration because 
information or they didn't know when it was going to get back? Well, see, that's part of the problem is the fact that we live in a, in a society today that everybody become, has become so attached to electronics and having instantaneous information and access to information that when they don't get it, they get really frustrated. And I get that. I understand that. We try to put stuff out. The problem is that we didn't have always have access to I mean, cable systems were down, mm-hmm. and we had electricity down, so people weren't always getting that message. I was able to finally put something out around 4.30 yesterday afternoon saying that we are working on it. It's, it should be up and running by tonight, and that was the best we could do under the circumstances. People did call National Grid. They were, happy, they were able to get through into National Grid. They, they take their information, and they, they put it into the system, and they try to be responsive. Um, I think the frustration just grows the more the, the system is out. Now, if you go back in time, 15, 10, 15 years ago, it was not unusual to be out three, four, five days, right? It, it happened here in this town that people were out for a week, two weeks in some cases. This, is the, this was less than 24 hours. So I think, I think we need to put, keep that in perspective that we live in a society today that wants everything instantaneously addressed, Unfortunately, we're not always able to do that. We do the best we can under the circumstances, and we try to put out as much information as possible that was accurate. We didn't want to put out inaccurate information because that only makes it worse. Right. So that was, that's in a nutshell, that's where it was. And uh, just very quickly, as you are aware, Selectman DeVellis, we, we do use social media quite a bit. Right. So we were trying to make sure we had the, sa- the same message mm-hmm. out with, with uh, Mike Weber, uh, Webb and, and with the cable doing social media there, police, fire, trying to, and also here, to try to make sure the message was the same, talking about where to go if they needed to charge their batteries for their cell phone, medical equipment. We actually utilized this room along with the McGinty room at the Public Safety Building. And so uh, as we've done in the past, we try to use so- the social media to get the message out. And, um, but it was a very quick, um, when, once they got everything rolling, it was a very quick uh, uh, process of getting us back up and running. And, we, and so so for the public's in, um, uh, information and future consideration, this building is completely on generator. So we were fully operational all day yesterday. Um, and the generator went off at 4.30 yesterday afternoon when the power went back up. So if anyone does need assistance during during a storm like that, this is a stop that people can come in and get their charges phoned. Or their phones charged rather. They're, they're, they can go to the public safety building, they, or you know, any any of the and, and those two are the main sites that we use during those storms. Unless we declare a, a shelter, but we wouldn't do a shelter in a situation like that. Um, yesterday, the conditions weather conditions were such that it wasn't really dangerous in any way, shape, or form. So we took we we use a measured response under a, under a measured condition, and it, and, it's, and it worked. Even though I know that folks, some folks were, were somewhat frustrated by it. And look, we share in the frustration because many of us were in the same boat sharing that same level of frustration. Um, and when it happens, we, we all like to have instant, instant access to information. So. Not always possible. Question, Roger. Yeah. When, after a situation like this, do you guys do an after-action review? I usually have a conversation with, um, with National Grid, both our liaison. We no longer have uh, Tom Coughlin. Uh, we have a young lady that lives here by the name of Sue, and I, I apologize, I don't remember her last lives name. Lives in Foxborough. So. And she actually lives here in Foxborough and is our new liaison. And we were on the phone constantly yesterday. And what, what we'll do, like I've done in the past with National Grid, is we'll sit down and, and discuss, A, did any of our high hazards change, any of our concerns changed, and how could we improve? 
it went smooth as clockwork in regards to they, they taking what I was saying and what they were giving me for information was matching up with what I was finding out in the field. And it, it worked out perfectly. I'm, I'm talking like an internal AAR. We, we have our, our department head meetings. Um, I was working very closely with, with uh, Chris Gallagher because uh, Roger's on vacation and, and Chief Baker, the town manager, all, uh, Vicki Lowe. We, we had all our dialogues, everything that we normally did. The only thing that we didn't do on this one because we were getting good feedback that they felt they could get us up and running faster was setting up the EOC, the Emergency Operations Center. And um, I think that it followed the, the normal model that we always do. I'm not overly talking about, like, during the situation. I know, after. In fact, I'm, like I'm after a all debriefing, sorts of complaints yep. and all that. Um, I, for one, until I reached out to Bill, I never even was updated on anything um, until I reached out at, I don't know, noon, 1 o'clock on Monday and said, hey, by the way, What's going on with the power outages? Um, so hearing like what Jim said, it seems like there's a lot of disconnect somewhere. So maybe a, a well, I, I would not I would not call it disconnect. What happened in this case, Jim? I was I, I, Chris. I, I want to be very clear about this. Um, National Grid did not give us an indication of when they were going to start repairing things until afternoon time. So we did not want to provide false information to folks before that. Yeah, that's. So, I, so we we followed the the, the and, and the main thing that we hoped was going to come back online was that the the um, the the um, Neponsa Street substation went down and it caused two thirds of the of the outages to occur here in town. That feed came from Rentham. There was a problem in the Rentham feed into the substation. That's what caused the problem. It didn't actually occur here in Foxborough. So they had the system up and running for about 45 minutes. Then it went back down again. They realized it was the feed that was bad coming into into Foxborough. We'd hoped that we'd actually been up a lot sooner than we were, based on that situation. And I understand what you're saying. We, communications yeah. is the key. Right. Yeah. And um, if we can improve it, we will absolutely do that. I feel that um, at this point, I was doing briefings probably every hour, hour and a half yeah. to both the town manager and assistant town manager. Right. Uh, I kind of left it for that to be disseminated to you folks. And I apologize. If we need to, we can do a better job. We can do that more often if necessary. And all I'm saying, too, is, like, it, everything happened. We should have a yep. – I don't know if you want to do a public one or a private AAR on, on what went good, what went bad, what can we improve on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, there's always room for have no problem. Yeah. Do, we, so. we, we usually do a debriefing session, and we'll do that probably uh, this, this week. Yep. Following uh, once everything's up and everybody's back and operational. Not one more question, not to belabor it, um, but it seems. And if you if you're living in Foxborough, if you get a business in Foxborough, over the years it's Foxborough. Like I'm on the Walpole line. I went a mile and I had electricity and could get gas and in Walpole. Mm-hmm. Mansfield has their own plant. Why, once again, is it Foxborough? That seems to get more, and it's not a town hall issue, and it's not sharing of information. It's no. a national grid. Why is Foxborough, in my opinion, over the years, the one that gets hit? Electricity coming from Plainville hit that side of town, and Foxborough they were served. Mm-hmm. But if it's not the Union Loop this time, right? Why Foxborough? From from your experience, I'm going to be honest with you. It caught me completely off guard. Yeah. Both of that, the both major hits were on Route 1 coming out of Rentham, mm-hmm. yeah. and then the feed that goes to the Neponset uh, substation was also coming out of Rentham. Right. We never have had, in the nine years I've been here, the issues with that line. Yeah. 
No. We'll follow up with them to find out uh, why it was that line versus we're so used to the union loop being our issue, and that wasn't the issue this time. Um, we don't normally have the Neponset Street substation go down. It's also brand spanking new. So if there was any other substation, I would have probably thought it would have been that before that one. And the act of God, I don't know, but we will follow up on it. Because, it, I mean, it's October, so we've got November, December, right. January, February that this well, is the beginning again well, of another last year. Last few years have actually been pretty good. And, and I think the state, they've spent a lot of money upgrading the system and doing a lot of tree trimming, a lot of tree trimming to the point where we didn't really think that most of, most of the, uh, the branches that fell off the trees were causing the, the outage this time. It was a major, it was like, I want to say two-thirds of the outages were attributed to the New Ponce Valley Station not being fed. So that it was sometimes that's sometimes I guess that's an element of luck, if you will. But that was um, it was unfortunate. The wind was stronger than I've ever yeah. seen here. Um, yeah. I mean, we had basically a half a dozen houses that had tree damage, uh, nothing severe, minor damage to their homes, but we had tree damages to residential homes. Um, there was a lot of debris on the roads, signs that got blown over, and a lot of tree branches that were on the primaries. Um, the winds were higher than, you know, I've ever seen in a long time here. So mm -hmm. the factors were much different uh, than what we've seen in the past. Well, I, I will tell you, this wasn't an isolated storm. Mm -hmm. It was across the state. Right. I, had, I had 10 facilities that were on generator. I still have two facilities out in Western Mass that are still on generator. So Well over 300,000 in yeah, Massachusetts so the, alone. Maine has had the worst outage ever, so. 400,000 customers. Yeah. So it was a significant storm, but um, I, I'm just grateful for the fact that we're up, we were up so back so quickly compared to other places that were hit, hit as high. So 400,000 customers were, were out, out, out of, in May. So. So. We'll, we'll have a briefing. We'll follow up on some of the communications and making sure that we can have that better in the future. Great. Thanks, Roger. Thanks, Roger. Thank you, Roger. <coughs> okay. Um, Lieutenant Noonan, I'm, I'm assuming you're standing in for Chief, yes. Chief Baker. Mm -hmm. um, discuss vote public nuisance bylaw. Good evening. The um, Chief Baker several months ago uh, requested that the town look at a additional bylaw that would give the, the police department uh, a tool to uh, be able to deal with situations where there is pervasive criminal activity on a premise over a period of time. And it would do more than just make the individual who's responsible for the activity liable, but it would also make the owner of the premise liable as well. So we formed a committee uh, consisted of uh, Chief Baker and myself, uh, town clerk, and the uh, health director, and we looked at some model <coughs> uh, public nuisance bylaws, and we also worked with town council on it to put together what we thought would be a, um, a fair but have clarity to it, a bylaw that would be able to give the police department a tool for enforcement on premise and owners. Uh, 
So I think uh, Lieutenant Noonan probably could speak more directly to uh, the effect that it would have um, and the, the, the uh, benefit that the, it would give the police department. Thank you. The, uh, obviously, we have criminal statutes where we can follow, uh, disorderly conduct, disturbing the peace, but you can't always arrest yourself out of situations. By having this bylaw in place, it puts the responsibility back on the property owners, whether it be a private establishment or an absentee landlord. Uh, if you have a situation that's continually happening at one location and you're dealing with those individuals, there's no effect on the residents. Therefore, the neighborhood has to suffer, whether it be in an apartment building or uh, in a neighborhood or a street or a complex. By having not only addressing the issue with the people that are responsible for their actions, but the landlord themselves gives us another tool to address the issue on, on a bigger scale. Um, obviously, based on the bylaw, you get three bites of the apple before there's a civil infraction. You get two notices of, of a warning. The first notice of a warning goes to the parties that are involved and the property owner. Second time we respond and there's an incident that falls under this statute, the property owner and those involved get another notice of a warning. The third time we show up and have to deal with the same situation or the same parties or the same address, then the civil infraction comes in place. By having this tool gives us options to try to remedy the situations on a civil, uh, non-criminal matter and hold the landlords responsible for their tenants' actions. It was reviewed by town council as well, and um, there were some minor changes done to it to add clarity, but um, town council was in agreement that uh, it, the way it was written would, be, would meet the intent that the police department was looking for. Just so you can, we can re or I can relate to it a little bit better. So there's a criminal activity, there's a civil activity. Um, there's a criminal action. We can yeah, take criminal. Separate. Correct. So, so can you give an example of, the, was there a catalyst for this, or have you been banging your head against the wall because this keeps happening, so we're going in this direction? Like what, what are some of the circumstances that you're talking about? Junk cars parked there versus? No, I, I would... Um without referring to any specific case. There have been situations that, uh, for example, that occur at the mo some of the motels in town okay. where you have uh, uh, repeated of offenses by a, um, an individual that is renting a space, and they may be there for a while, um, not just transient nature, but they stay for a while. Okay. Uh, th that would be a perfect example where now you're putting the owner of the motel on notice that they are liable for that individual's criminal actions. There's, a, there's one example. I can't give specifics. Jim. Yeah, I'm, I'm not looking for specifics, but if but there's a, there's an example of how it would be used. Thank you, Bill. Can you describe um, in the article um, the bullet point that says premises? So the way I'm reading it is if in a nice residential neighborhood, all the homes are nice and well-maintained, and then you have one that they haven't cut the grass in 12 years and there's trees falling. Is that? No, that, that, is? Does, does not, that would not apply. That, that's not defined here as a public nuisance. So 
It says here, premises, any resident or other private property, place, or location, including any commercial or business property. So are we talking just criminal type of activity? Basically. More like a disturbing activity, such as continual loud music, continual parties, fighting, uh, high presence of drugs or alcohol, where the police are constantly responding or we're constantly getting the noise complaints, and to resolve the issue with the neighbors and to try and bring peace and tranquility, peace and tranquility back to that location, have the civil infraction for the people that are involved as well as the property owners. Okay. It's mainly a, the nuisance, public nuisance, public nuisance in regards to peace and tranquility of the community. Okay. So as it stands today, you have no recourse or limited recourse? Not through a town bylaw. With, only. Without, without this bylaw in place, you have, you have limited recourse? Correct. The only thing That's we correct. could rely upon is criminal uh, arrest for or summons for disorderly conduct or disturbing the peace. Any other questions? Good. It's pretty straightforward. Okay. Bill, um, is our action here tonight um, just to carry, just to agree to carry this forward as Article 11? I know that the, the board had asked that you want to get information on the articles, and so we've, we've been providing that to you right along. We, we don't have to take any. There's action. no action tonight. No, the, the, at some point you're going to you know, tonight and later on the night you're going to you're going to actually move the sign the warrant. Right. Uh, we do have a couple of changes to it. A couple of articles that are not going to be going forward, uh, but um, but at that point uh, you'll make your you know, you'll approve the send you'll agree to send it forward if you so choose to do so. Will you be presenting this tomorrow at the advisory committee? I will. You're yes. Okay. Any more questions? Any more questions? No, I'm good. No. Okay. Hopefully, this isn't thank the last time you get to see Bill before you, by the way. They're probably saying, thank God. <laughs> we'll open that's not the case. Uh, we might find something. All right. We'll find a reason to get you in here. Don't worry. We'll, we'll, we'll come up with something. All right. Yeah. I'll say the Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> charge them with some sort of a violation. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much. Thanks, Thanks guys. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks guys. Uh, Raptor Restaurant Group, LLC, DBA, Moe's Southwest Grill, approval of a common VIC license and a seven-day entertainment license. You want to come forward, please? You can just sure. sit at the front table. Okay, thank you. How are you? Good. Could you state your name for the record, please? My name is Jerry Blau. I'm the director of operations. Michelle Maycumber, multi-unit operator, manager. Welcome. We'd like to say thank you. We were only out for 60 minutes yesterday. Oh, no kidding. We got to open, so we appreciate that. You were on the good end of that deal. Dark. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Had fun. That's good. Thank you. Uh, is this the new location at Forbes Crossing? Correct. Correct. And we're waiting on National Grid. <laughs> <laughs> Do you run the one up at, at, at Foxborough? Patriot Place. Patriot Place as yes. well? Okay, I thought so. Okay, so this, this establishment would be consistent with what, what you're doing up at Patriot Place? Yes. Okay. It's the same franchise. Okay. It's kind of interesting. We have the two. We have two in one location, two in the same town. Is that something that you normally do? or? Uh, uh, 
I think part of it is the uniqueness of uh, Patriot Place, and that's more of a destination location where um, we're really looking forward to this other location because of the office park across the street and all the okay. hotels in the area. So we actually built a second line in the store to uh, deal with all the catering and online orders that we're going to be getting. Cool. So we're, we're kind of excited about that. Good. Plus you're on the Mansfield line, too, so it's, it's, it's right on the line. No, yeah, you could literally yeah. walk out and throw a stone and you're in Mansfield. That's right. That's right. So, I have a oh, okay. um, question maybe Bill um, could answer this. So if we have a restaurant currently in town that has the common victual license and an entertainment license, is there any – can that entertainment license be – used in two locations in town? Do no, they it has have to be used in, in that location, site-specific. So are they allowed to have two entertainment licenses at two separate okay. venues by law? Okay, that was my only question. Not that I'm, I'm not opposed to it. I just wanted to sure. make sure yep. that... I think only. because we have TVs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, do you have um, an occupancy date? Uh, tentative occupancy We date? are looking at November 30th. Again, we are waiting on National Grid. For permanent uh, power? They were supposed to put the power in yesterday, but obviously events stopped that. We think that it's going to happen any day. And, you know, we can't get cable. We can't put the registers in. We can't do a lot of things without permanent power. And they've pulled the temporary power. Oh. So other than that, the build-out is just about complete? I would say we're about 85% done. Yeah. I spoke with another tenant yesterday. They're looking at mid-November to move in. So Have close. you done your hiring? Pardon? Are you all set for hiring? Uh, we're trying very, very hard. We've run radio commercials. We've run newspaper ads. We're on every social site we could be on. We actually think that once we get the permanent power and we could put a banner outside mm-hmm. and we could actually um, hire there, it's, it's a much easier location to get to. Mm-hmm. Right. right now, when you, do, when you talk about Patriot Place, it's kind of by appointment because you're working around events. Mm-hmm. Okay. Any other questions from the board? No. A motion? Yeah, move to approve uh, Raptor Restaurant Group, LLC, uh, doing business as uh, Mo Southwest Grill for a common victualler's license and a seven-day entertainment license. Second. Motion made. Second. Any further discussion? Seeing none. All those in favor? Aye. Good luck. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. All right. Best of luck. Anything you need, let us know, too. (laughs) Power. You got power? (laughs) (laughs) I wish. Trust me. (laughs) Thank you very much. Have a great night. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Discuss proposed liquor regulations with the Liquor Regulation Working Group. So this was a continuation from our last meeting. Mm -hmm. I think the only concern we had was in the language on... What constituted shall shall versus may? Yes, and we heard from um, Chief Baker, and uh, he was fine with the original shall, and I talked to Rich Newman, and he was fine with his suggestion was may, may, the the word may, and he was fine with shall. So I think that's been put to bed. Mm -hmm. So the the board had asked for a clean version without the... um, edits and track changes in it, so that's what you have before you, and the change is shall was an edit, and then may was an edit to the edit, we went back to the shall edit. Okay. 
Yeah, I, I read through this uh, over the weekend. So, any other comments? No. I'm fine with it. Okay. So, in order, and it would be in order for the board to uh, to make a motion to approve the regulations as presented. Uh, move to approve the regulations as presented. The um, regulation. As it what regulation? Uh, for holders of alcohol beverage licenses. <laughs> Sorry. I was just copying Bill. He's making it hot <laughs> on him. I was like, I'm sorry. At least you ripped down a dead end street. <laughs> I will, sorry. I will second that. Motion made. Second. Any further discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor? Aye. Aye. Uh, thanks, guys. Thanks, Jenny. Thanks for your, all your efforts. Rain's here, and Dave Brown was the other person on the working group, plus Chief Baker and um, Lieutenant Noonan. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We got the discuss the Walnut Street project um, with the Housing Authority. No, nobody there. So this particular uh, item is not really formally before you at this point because it, this was a follow-up conversation. We had a conversation with the Housing Authority last time because there was there was some uncertainty because this is actually proposed as an article for town meeting. But further research is, is, uh, is determined that based upon the actual bylaw itself is that the the uh, the action is tr is tr is properly before the um, the housing trust as opposed to the board of selectmen and town meeting. So there's no further action required uh, by the board or town meeting at this time. So that we're gonna, I'm going to suggest to you that uh, that article should be removed from consideration from the warrant for sp for a special town meeting as well. The bylaw itself actually refers to the, the trust as having authority to approve the funding. So, so they don't have to go to any town meeting. No, you know, they were they were given the authority in the bylaw that was approved by town meeting. So they they, they have they already have the authority. So, so they were in front of us last time in error because they didn't need to have our permission to well, they, they, allocate the. Funds yeah, the they allocate the funds. They they thought that they they, they was it was the impression the impression mistaken impression that we all had was that the the that the funding had to go before the uh, the town meeting for appropriation, but actually the, the appropriate the, the money actually is under their their control. The the money has already been on the it's already in, in a special fund, and there's, so there's no appropriation requested. So that's that's the purpose of the uh, that was the reason why it was on the warrant that it had to be approved by town meeting, but it doesn't it does not. Bill, I'm the um, selectman representative on the housing, sorry, uh, housing group. Mm -hmm. If we, if the members vote on the uh, about the money issue, do I have to take my cue? For, do we have to? Does the board of selectmen have to take a position on this so that I can bring that position to the? You're, to the you're acting as a member of that trust at this point, so you mm -hmm. you can you can certainly. You know, take up your your position with the board prior to the meeting, but ultimately, it's your decision as, as a member of the trust. Okay. Well, do you gentlemen want to have more participation and tell, you know give me a direction on, in regard to my vote? No, I'll do whatever. Well, I mean, I, you, 
You're the representative at the meeting. Okay. All right. Well, I just don't so. want to. It's, it's, the, the question is, 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 is a valid question. I mean, if, if anybody has any particular concerns that they want to have raised, certainly Jenny, as your representative, can, can raise those back to the, to the Housing Trust. Prior I think to the, the biggest vote. one is, is the, the, the light and the, the whole traffic situation. Yeah, yeah that's, that's something I've brought up at the, at the, at the meetings, you know. That's have they already that's voted to go ahead? No, because we didn't know... There was a question whether the selectmen had to approve it or a town meeting had to approve it. John Mitchell wasn't quite sure about that. Well, now it turns out this is the yeah. third option. Right. When did we find out this? Um, actually, later this afternoon, believe it or not. So, um, and I found out just I happened to call yeah. Bill about something else, and I right. went, oh, by the way. So when's your next meeting? Um, I, I don't know. They haven't settled. They haven't set a meeting that I know of. So, so how does the money get into the fund? I'm going back to the, at the last meeting, looking back at the action that we took and town meeting took to put money into the fund. That's all mitigation money. Yeah, that was, mitiga that was mitigation for money that came from a developer from, I guess that was down at, at, um, at Ch uh, Chestnut Green. Right. Mm -hmm. So that money went into, was created, you created a trust, and then there was a, they were concerned about a sunset provision on the trust, and then that got resolved. That was actually extended at the last town meeting. Right. So it's, it, the trust has more or less control of that. Through a, There's a bylaw that, that you actually have that allows right. for the control of that. So it would be land that would be donated right now in concept from the state to the town? To the, to the, housing, to the authority. housing authority. To the housing authority. The money comes through a vehicle through town, but it's mitigation money. And, and there's also other money that comes in there other yeah, than that, right? Uh, conceivably, you'd get more money from the state to help develop the property from the housing authority, through the housing authority. Mm -hmm. uh, that would be the vehicle for which it would come. And then um, this money would be used as, uh, as, support, as a support mechanism for developing the site. So if the selectmen don't have a say in it and town meeting doesn't have a say, it's all up to the housing authority to spend the housing trust money and, and bring a project Well, no, forward. the housing, housing authority has to petition the, the, the housing trust committee for the funds, and the, and the committee has to actually approve it. So it's still their, their control. And, that's made, and that trust is made up of, of, of a cross-section of, of membership from across the town. Right. So it's, right. you have planning board, housing authority, not, not the housing authority, but selectmen. Yeah, planning board. I mean, and that was one of the issues that came up. Um, there's 300... $85,000, I think, something mm -hmm. like that in the fund. And the concern was, well, wait a minute. We're not going to use all of that money for this one project because there are other housing, uh, housing needs. needs. Correct. And um, so, but this, the money that they're asking for is just to start the process mm -hmm. of, of developing that land. And then it will be developed by private. It will be privately developed. Mm -hmm. And... You know, but they need they need something to say. Okay, we we want this. We want to start the ball rolling, and so that was the request for the money. Right. Okay. So I want to put that on before you dealt with the spe the uh, special town meeting issue. So I, I purposely put that there. So, um, so there's no action effectively for the before the board on that right there. So it was more informational. In that regard. So what's the vehicle if people are concerned or want to have input into this, if it's not these they, public they, hearings? They can go to the Housing Trust meeting. 
When, when do they meet and how often? Um, we've met a couple times throughout the year. I mean, well, I've only been to to one meeting, yeah. um, but um, they have. Th there's been a delay in the process, so they haven't really met for a while. Then they had two two meetings. I went to one of them, um, so I don't know when the next one is is uh, scheduled. But it'll be posted here publicly. Yeah. Uh, last time I went on the website to try to find meeting minutes or any feedback from what was going on, and there was no meeting minutes posted I could see from the past. What, what I'm concerned about, obviously, and I stated last time, is that intersection. So yeah. if this is a way to, it's not even circumventing the board. If it never should have been in front of us, yeah. fine. But, but having that intersection addressed. Yeah, so, so from what I understand, they're looking for seed money to see if it's a viable project number. Correct. Right. They still have to go through Planning board, site plan approval. Correct. Mm -hmm. Provide the traffic studies. Um, yeah. right. They're still going to have to do all that. Yeah. And that's those are the proper forums, Jim, that those issues will get raised. Right. So, so there's still a lot of process before them on this. Yeah. And Gordon Green from the planning board is on the committee, and Paige Duncan is also on the committee. Right. Yeah. And, and Paige is, is sort of serves as the staff for the housing trust as well. Mm -hmm. So she's fully aware that that intersection has to be addressed. That was that was the num I think that was the number one concern that ever, everyone everyone had a story. You know. Didn't we think the um, that state report was supposed to come out sometime soon too? Yeah. With the report, yeah, it hasn't. It, the, the preliminary indication is that they're going to recommend recommend light there. I saw a message from Representative Barrows to the people of Mansfield on his Facebook site mm -hmm. announcing a, a 140 meeting for the Mansfield people on the study, and that uh, meetings would be coming for Foxborough um, yeah. at a later date. Yeah, he's, he'll so give us one So the report well. outs are going to be starting. Okay. We don't have a date yet. But there's no, it's not imminent at this point, so, um, you know, but we, but the good news about that, that report will probably be out before they, they go any further with that project. Yeah, two weeks ago you said it was in it was, due yeah. in about six weeks. So yeah, exactly. So we're, we're about down away. about four more, four more weeks. So if that report comes back and says, yeah, there should be a light at that intersection, who pays for it? Well, that's something I'll have to deal with the developer on. And they ultimately said they'd have no, to deal with it. No, but say we were never going to develop that property. Say that wasn't even on the table. Well, then, then, then we'd have to wait for the state to pay for that because it's state highway right there. So if they come back and say, yeah, it's a dangerous intersection, we need to put a light there. They put it on their list of things to do, and eventually they'll get to it. Yeah, it's it's since it's it's all state highway layout, that would have to be their uh, their cost to deal with that. But, but the, if the cost of the light would be borne, the way they were talking um, by the developer meeting, would the cost of the light would be borne by the developer? Yeah, but I'm saying, what if that was? What if they, they put fifty forward? grand in and yeah. they they can't develop it, so, and yeah. it's never going to be developed? Who's right. going to pay for yeah, the if, So Chris, Chris is, is theorizing that if it never got developed and it came, the report comes out and the recommendation is to put a light a signalization at that intersection, who pays for it? Ultimately, it's the state because it's a state highway. Um, in this particular instance, what I think the, what the housing authority advocates were saying was that they'd like to do is, is see if they can roll it into development process mm -hmm. and see if they help the developer pay for a portion of it, or if not all of it. But also, was the medical building on Walnut Street on the, on the other side, they were interested in kicking in some... Yeah, maybe they'll participate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they're concerned also. Mm -hmm. So at the last meeting, I picked up all the meeting minutes leading up to it. 
So interestingly, uh, our former town, pl uh, town planner, Ms. Watson, sent a memo to the board, and this is what was the catalyst of the discussion back in 2015. And it says, Ms. Watson stated that they, had, that they can't make, a uh, make disbursements without a vote of the Board of Trustees in the approval of the Board of Selectmen. They further said that they cannot enter into any long-term contracts without the consent of town meeting. They felt it was really important to have checks and balances to make sure so that was not. being done on behalf of the town and that everyone's aware of it. Yeah, so they're not, they're not entering into a contract. They're just providing funding to the housing authority. All right, so they and they can't but, but they look but the money that they were looking that they would get allocated mm -hmm. was for professionals to do studies and to find that right right so but, would, but they wouldn't be the, the ones that would hire them the, the housing the the housing trust would not be the housing authority it would be so that's the point so if they if they provide the funding it would have to go to the housing authority it would have to you'd have to talk to the housing authority about who they would hire for the for the study and they've already hired someone. They already they have a person in place that's they're just looking for somebody to fund them to do the work. I'm sorry, so so you're making a distinction between and rightfully so, the municipal housing affordable housing trust right. and the housing authority. Correct. So you're saying the housing authority is doing this, not the trust? Correct. They're only asking for the funding from the from the from the trust to pay for it. So there are several steps along the way, you know. Um, I mean, I know that the concern is that there's public input, and there'll be there'll be plenty of that. I'm, I'm not concerned about that at all. I know I know that, that will be there'll be several steps to address that. Okay, I got a question. <laughs> Does the housing authority need permission of the board of selectmen to accept the money? From the housing trust. I don't know the answer to that. I, I don't think they do. You know how we, I, you know how we approve money. You know when. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think they do, because they're a separately. They're a, they're a more or less like they're a quasi state agency. Mm. They're appointed primarily by the state, and they we do have a couple of elected local elected officials that serve on it. So they're somewhat independent. They're not, they're not funded through the town. No. Their funding all comes from the state. Right. So there's no there's no budget appropriations. Yeah, the the, the local the board of selectmen has very little authority over the over the um, over the housing housing authority. But I will, I will let you know when the next meeting is, and then um, yeah. give a report. That's or unless there are public meetings, that's, public that's meeting. entirely your your role to do that. Yeah, to so. keep the board informed of that. It's it just something seems odd to me. I'd want to go back and look at what was given to us when we voted this in. But it seems two weeks ago. It's irritating that two weeks ago they made a presentation. And now they're saying, well, it's not in our authority to act on this at all. Well, no, I, so, I think they made, the, they made the presentation on behalf of the fact that they were asking, it was a, it was a warrant article. 
okay, and the Warren article was looking for an appropriation. That's the reason I made the presentation to you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then when it was discovered that, that it really doesn't doesn't require town meeting action because well, I, I, that's, I think that's, that's, that's the issue. That's the that's, discord. The, the, yeah. the, but the question is, why did it even why come they think to, that? A war, to a war Because article. that's what I thought going through the whole yeah. discussion that we had to bring this forward. So at some point, they thought this was the right thing to do. Because I thought it was the right thing to do based on Ms. Watson's memo and the presentation to us. So I, I could be mistaken, but I, I thought all along the money that came in would go into this trust and it would be spent with the committee but I thought it would have to go through town meeting or the selectmen not entirely by one group without and, and let's face it there's not a lot of public input at those meetings the fact that you can't find it on the town website or who is even on the committee there's, there's a discourse there mm-hmm. so well, I think I think the only the only difference is that anything that they do is still going to be required to have public input. I, I you know I I guess the thing is is that the the difference in understanding is the fact that the selectmen don't have authority over all all appropriations or the town meeting in this case. So this is a case where the 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 bylaw allows them to to you know to, to disperse that those funds. And um, that's the authority that they have under the under the bylaw. So, I mean, I guess it was just a, a misunderstanding in terms. Of, and then when we all looked at it closer, and then you know, I spoke with John and we reviewed it. It, it indicates that that that's the authority. It doesn't require authority. So, can you send out the language of that bylaw? Sure. To to the board, so we can get our eyes on it again. Yep. Yep. You know, I, I have a question. You know, like my question was, well, why did this get to the point where it became a Warren article? Who reviews the Warren articles, you know, the suggestion of Warren articles? Well, they come in. They, they come in from all various boards, and then we, then we review them mm-hmm. when they ask, for, the, the, they ask for, the, for it to go forward. Now, the question then becomes, and a lot of times we'll review them to see, to make sure the language is correct going forward. Mm-hmm. But this was a case where, we all assumed that the, that the request was appropriate until until we, we looked behind behind the, the second layer, which was really it, there's no reason for it because there's no authority for the time to act here. But was was the Warren article initi- initially reviewed by town council? And if it had been, would town council have said, "Hey, who has the uh, who has the authority here"? So the, the Warren articles that are reviewed that are sponsored by the Board of Selectmen are definitively done by um, Town Council. We sent the list to Town Council and Housing Authority was one of the sponsors of it. So she weighed in on the language but um, didn't but I, comment on She may not have been aware of the bylaw. Yeah, okay. didn't comment right. on the bylaw. So, so why was it put on today's agenda then? Oh, just to let you know that there's no further action that you because you you took no action on it the last time, but it was put on the agenda to let us know that we have no yeah, action. There's no other action. So in our packets, other than hearing it, not even from the chairman, from you mm-hmm. at the meeting, there's no information. There's no bylaw. There's no explanation. 
except to hear it at this meeting. Well, the, the, the reason I put it down on was because you're dealing with a warrant tonight, and that action, that action is no longer needed. But my point is, there's, every topic that comes in front of us, it should be some information and not to be surprised at the meeting. It would have been a memo, or here's the attorney's, if Mitchell Moore's summary or your summary or something that we can read before the meeting, that we can go back and look at what was discussed in 2015, that we can look at the general, the bylaw, who's on the committees, anything other than hearing it for the first time at this meeting. Well, as, as I said, I, ended, I reviewed it this afternoon myself because I was all ready to go on, and I called John, and I spoke to him about it. I spoke to John directly about it. So, But, uh, but this was put on last week. The agenda set last week. So. Right, I understand. So I, wa I wanted to be sure. They said, are we dealing with, what are we dealing with here tonight? Are we... The, and the I thought the request was going to be to to go further, and he informed me that that's, that this action is no longer needed. So, and and, and the bylaw actually so, reflects. So, that, I guess yeah. that's my point. Yeah, is if if the information that was put in here was to tell us that it was no not longer needed today, mm -hmm. it's different than what. So, why was it put on last Thursday? Well, it was put on because I want I wanted to, to I, I was I'm assuming it was going to be handled tonight. You know, what was but was there new information that they were going to who was coming into us tonight? To well, talk this, about you it? you had, you didn't want to take any action the last meeting on this issue. Right? So you 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 had it so you wanted to have it up on the agenda again. But with no new information, it was just a further Well, you discussion. you wanted to take further time to think about it and review things. So I, I didn't know if there was anything else. And then when I talked to John, is there anything new to re report on this? Is you know I, I you know I talked to John. He said there's no there's no uh, there's no basis for it because there's no time meeting action required. Right, so if this just came up this afternoon, yes. So that's yeah. So you're you're convinced just from the discussion you had this afternoon that it's going to be taken off of everything and that's the way to right. to proceed. Right. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I'd like to see the language in the, sure. in the bylaw. Yep. Not that I don't believe you. <laughs> no, I, it's, I think, it's fine. No, I, it's, I, I it's, a, it's a fair request. Should, I don't have any problem with it. I think we should put our. Yeah, and as a representative from the selectmen, I'd like to see, see it too, so sure. I can bring it to the meetings. I might as well segue into uh, special town meeting warrant. All right. So um, the only the other article was um, was that article and what was the other one? The land transfer for the fire department. Land transfer the fire department. There, there was. Um, there's been there was there was a fair amount of discussion about the at the adcom about about this land transfer as as there was at the board, and so we 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 reached out to um, the representative Barrows to make sure that we're you know that there was no concerns about the about the transfer itself and that the language was appropriate and and there was concern about the fact that there was provision in the language that said. Based in, in that, you know, a sum of money would be transferred or appropriated for this. The language was the same that was used to acquire the the land for the, the uh, for the housing authority to to go to, to, for the land to go to the housing authority, which 
didn't result in any appropriation. So we were not asking for an appropriation for this land. We were just asking for the ability to petition the legislature to give us the land. So that's that's an important point to remember because everybody's asking, look, where's the appro-, you know, it says appropriation, but we're not asking for an appropriation. However, uh, we have to, this was this whole transfer process was was started through Senator Timothy's office um, in, in talking with the fire department, you know, a couple of years ago. And then they decided eventually they would pull it, pull it, bring it forward. Senator Timothy, as you know, was gone, but unfortunately some of the records that went along with this discussion have somewhat have disappeared. So we can't seem to track them down. So the land itself is actually under the guise, it's, it's in DCAM's hands, but it, it's, it's also under the control of the Department of Agriculture. So in order for it to get to DCAM's hands so they can actually disperse the land, there has to be a release from, D, from the Department of Agriculture, which I'm told was actually in the, the records of Senator Timothy's uh, staff. Um, but, we're gonna, but we don't have it, and I'm not comfortable going forward until we have all the full package. So I talked with the fire department today, <coughs> informed that I said I think we, we should just wait on this one and, and make sure we have a full package to present at town meeting in the spring, and then we can go forward at that point and make sure that we have all the right, correct language about it and everything's everybody's comfortable with the language. So um, I recommended that we that we postpone it at this point, and they they were fine with that. So Adcom's only concern was over the perceived monetary part of what was Well, I, they, I, I don't know if there was, I wasn't there for all of the discussion. I, perhaps I Randy was, can weigh in well, on I, this, but, or, or, or Ginny. I was there. Was, um, if you see Section 2 of Article 13, it says, the consideration for the parcel shall be the full and fair market value of the parcel for the use authorized by this Act. The, the fire department presented that um, this this land was going to be free and clear. The state wasn't going to charge us anything. So the advisory committee said, well, wait a minute. Then that should be reflected in this legislation. And that was the genesis of, of uh, well, checking with check. um, Senator Timothy's office. I called Jay Barrow's office. Mm -hmm. His office really wasn't aware of it because the fire department had been working with Senator Timothy's office. Right. So now Jay's gone and looked into it, and it's been going back and forth, and then... This, this article is not ready to be voted on. That's right. Uh, to, be looked at, to be That's looked at, to be looked at by Adcom or us, ought to be voted on in town meeting. The, the, there needs to be more work done in this article. So that's why it really should. That be was that was, and it came down because of the fact that there was a transition of office, unfortunately, yeah. and um, and, Sen and Senator Feeney's just not up on it because he's, yeah. he he has never dealt with it. So, in fairness to him and in fairness to Representative Barrows, who who was trying to help us to get resolved, yeah. get it resolved. I said, look, I think what's not there's no rush here on this right. one. So, yeah, the transfer of land is a very long process. Right. right. Um, I know the fire department wanted to, to start as soon as they can, but delaying this for the annual town meeting is not going to really make it's that not gonna, much yeah, difference. It's, it's not going to. It's not a yeah. huge difference in time. Because you're not get you're not going to file on Monday and get it on Wednesday. It's right. not going to happen. It's going right. to be years. So. Other than that, um, and also, and, and also, if we delay it, you got to remember by that we'll have more time, more information on it too. The Route 140 study will have come out, correct, and we'll, we'll have, have a better on handle on 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 the whole situation, correct. So I think it's actually better that that this be pulled. Yeah. 
you mentioned that to me. Yeah, that, that's a yeah. good, that's a very good point. Well, because of because of the traffic on 140 and and in the location of that light, they're going to need an emergency stop signal to get right. out of the fire station. Right. On top of on top right. of that light. Yeah. Correct. So there's a lot more work that has to be done, not only on the article, but also the whole thing, the whole project. It's a moving process. That's right. It's a slow-moving process. Who's this side? Okay. All right. And then so that's, all I, that's all I had. It was so, so those two articles would be effectively removed. Um, and I see Article 16 postponed. Yeah, so in summary now you have 13 articles remaining. Um, the uh, spreadsheet that you have tells you, you know, which ADCOM has, they've all come, the ones that have come before you have been voted on by ADCOM. The one that you heard tonight with Lieutenant Noonan will go to ADCOM tomorrow night. Um, the ADCOM had a question on Articles 10 and 14, so Town Council is going to return to ADCOM tomorrow night. Um, article 10 is that stormwater lien article. Uh, there was some language uh, that they wanted a little more explanation on that. And Article 14, the um, Marijuana Code, Chapter 162, was something else that they wanted to, um, to hear about. So those two are going before, those three are going for ADCOM tomorrow night. Um, we're scheduled to go for on November 8th for the any contracts that we um, get agreement on. Uh, those are Articles 3 and 4. So um, essentially, not speaking for ADCOM, but I think we're in pretty good shape with um, presenting here and presenting to them and um, their voting. I, they did a lot of voting last week, um, and they had a few more questions. Uh, they had some questions on the land transfer article and had requested maps, et cetera. So now there'll be a little more time to get the information together on that. So it will be presented to you for signature with these 13 articles. Okay. And then removing Article 8, if we find out that it does require Board of Selectmen approval and town meeting approval. It'll just have to wait until It'll go the, to the, spring. the spring. Yep. Right. Okay. And we'll sign that. That's in our packet mm -hmm. to sign. Okay. Any other questions regarding the foreign articles? Good. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Selectman's update. Obviously, today's Halloween. We all dressed up as selectmen today. Thank you, everybody, for, for doing a great job. Wait, you and Chris got the, got the right costume, correct? Right. <laughs> Same shirts. <laughs> I hope the kids had a, uh, a good evening tonight. Uh, I just want to mention um, Fireman's Ball last Friday night was, um, was very well attended. It was a lot of fun. Uh, you had over 275 people. Uh, Corey Shepherdson and... Uh, Don Triani III did a terrific job putting that together. Um, everybody had a had a really good time. So congratulations, guys! It was a it was a fun event. Mm -hmm. um, that's all I have. Anybody have anything else you want to add? Oh. Okay. 
about those turkeys? What There's do nothing do? in the newspaper this Anything week. Anything for turkeys? It was supposed to be in the newspaper. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <Oops>. <laughs> yeah. Um, now he apologized. It's going to be in next week. So. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a small... People have been... You, you've done it just about, I think, every year. Um, if you wanted to send a, a check, uh, it'll be in the paper Thursday. There's a P.O. box and a thing. Just quietly put it together, and a lot of families and kids pass them out. So if you're inclined to, that would be appreciated. Um, Thank you. Bill? All right. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. First of all, I just want to say um, that it's great to be in this new facility. Um, it's just um, I'm just pleased that it finally came together, and it's this is a um, culmination of a lot of folks putting a lot of work into this process, and I'm very, very grateful and, um, and honored to be able to have served with everybody, uh, including this board, to make this dream come true. So. We will be doing a formal ribbon cutting of the building on November 14th. Um, we were actually working on the invitations tonight. Um, if anybody on the board has, spe has specific members or individuals we think we should invite, please let me know. You don't have to do it tonight, of course, but think about it and then let get to us because we're going to get the invitations out this week. Um, it will be at 5 o'clock here at, at Town Hall. Um, we'll have a few guest speakers and... Um, and we will um, cut the ribbon, and then from 5 to 7, we'll do some tours and maybe have some light refreshments. And then by 7, well, at 7 o'clock, we'll, we'll convene the, the board's regular meeting. Um, so it's um, it, the, the parking lot was completed last week. Um, obviously, the, the rain um, certainly helped to, to keep it, to cure it a little bit. We, got, we didn't expect to get three inches of rain in the process, but we got quite a bit of it. Um, they, they plan to stripe it on Friday, um, so we'll have uh, an even better indication of how the parking works out. But it's going to have been a better week to have the parking because this was tax week and a lot of people were using it. And um, we see that a lot of our neighbors are starting to use it as well. So that's getting a lot of getting a lot of use right now. So we're really pleased to be able to pay it back, or pay it pay it back from the from the folks that let us use some of their spaces during the construction phase. Um, <clears throat> So far, everything's working as planned. We're still, we're still, we're working on some interior decorating pieces with, with some, um, some pictures that we're trying to finalize and hopefully have up before the, mm -hmm. before the uh, the ribbon cutting. If not, we'll be shortly thereafter. Uh, we're having a, a wood carving done by a veteran who is uh, a wood carving expert here in town, and he's doing a terrific job of carving a piece that will go right above, right behind the, the, the chairman's seat. Uh, there will be a, a, a town of Foxborough seal that's being hand-carved. So it's, it's really being, doing a terrific job. We're going to get a clock so he can stay on time? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right yeah completely so threw me off that. today. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, Has to have a second hand, too. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, and, last, uh, and last, I wanted to report that um, I, do, I do really want to emphasize thank, the thanks that uh, I want to provide. I ask, uh, uh, offered to all the folks that worked during the storm. It was a really difficult situation. I, a lot of people came together, and I really appreciate all the help. I did want to just let the board know I did I did attend the ICMA National Con International Convention in uh, San Antonio last week. It was the largest attendance in the history of the organization, over 4,000 managers from around the world, uh, and, their, and, their, and their guests. Uh, I, didn't, you know, I was there by myself, but... A lot, of, a lot of my colleagues from Massachusetts came. There was about 100 of us from Massachusetts represented there. So we had a really good, uh, re really good response from the state. 
Um, it was an excellent conference. Um, it was uh, it was busy, but it was it was a very very hectic, hectic but very informative con um, convention or conference rather where we spoke from everything from technology to to um, to uh, dealing with uh, police and um, civil discourse, civil civil issues dealing with. Uh, police and da um, da the dangers of police work nowadays. How difficult it is to recruit uh, police officers in this environment. How difficult it is to uh, just get people to work in public safety in general. Um, we also talked about uh, ways in which we can uh, do better jobs of attracting and expanding our economic development efforts. I will say though that Massachusetts is considered to be one of the top states in the country for attracting um, people want to come to Boston. It's one of the, one of the number one locations in the country for attracting uh, new talent, and particularly millennials. So I was pleased, I was pleased to hear that. Um, I talked, uh, I, I'm a member of the uh, Government Policy Committee for ICMA, so we talk about national issues, and one of the things I, I spoke about is that, you know, we need to spend more focus and, and spend more time focusing on on, on rail systems as opposed to highway systems because we're getting people around on our highway so we're just expanding them that's all we're putting more cars on the road and that's not getting people from point A to point B as we can see um, so we need to look at newer and better ways to expand the ways we can get people around and, um, and that was really well received actually the other thing that we spoke about was uh, the thing that we've been working with uh, the police chief and um, uh, a, a committee that we're working on in the state with with dealing with um, uh, so the uh, um, these uh, what's the civil liberties uh, issue in, in the police and how we can better do a better job of that and work with the, with the police departments to to reach out more on the local level to to develop that relationship with with people from all walks of life and um, that that drew a lot of attention and we had a lot of talk conversation about that particular issue. So all in all, it was a very, very informative week. Um, I can tell you that um, I was very pleased to be able to represent this community there because uh, we're doing a lot of things in, in Foxborough that, that people from around the country are, are somewhat envious of. And um, the fact that we're able to conduct business in a, in a great facility and, and to have a great staff and people that really care about what they do is, uh, is really important. And, and I was, was able to, able to really share that with people, and they really appreciated it. So thank you. That's all I have for today. I just have a couple of updates. Um, if the board recalls, they uh, you uh, approved and adopted a workplace violence policy for us back in June, and um, now we've begun training all of our employees on it. Uh, a lot of times when a town adopts a policy, we just hand it out, ask everyone to read it and sign it. But this was a really important issue um, of workplace violence. So um, our police chief, Bill Baker, and our um, attorney, Jack Dolan, have partnered to create a training program for our employees. And we um, presented two sessions last week that were fully attended in this room, which was really, really nice. Um, tomorrow we have two more sessions. We're making it mandatory for all employees to um, take the training and then sign the policy. Um, Cable is kind enough next, uh, tomorrow to film one of the sessions so that our people who work on shift work, uh, police and fire, will be able to view it during um, at their convenience and also be able to um, take the training. Um, we also completed two sessions of um, darkness to light training for all the new the people we've hired in the last year. Deb Giardino, our recreation director, um, trained uh, two groups last week on that. Um, I 
I know that there's a new training coming out, like a refresher for people, but we wanted to get everybody at least baseline trained on, um, on darkness to light. Um, so that's complete. Tomorrow, our SEMREC director, our Southeastern Mass Regional Emergency Communications director, begins um, officially November 1st. Uh, we are, he's going to be housed here in the Flex office, which is on the first floor. Um, we are um, in the process. The SEMREC is meeting next week. Uh, they've appointed a treasurer to start setting up the accounts to accept the grant money, the state 911 grant money. Um, and they're all they're in the process of doing that, um, getting a tax ID number and working out uh, the accounting for that. We're really excited to get him started. He's got lots of ideas on seeking further grants and um, matters of policy and getting around to all the departments to get to know their operations. He's a very talented guy. Yeah. We're very so we to hope to bring him to a future meeting so that you can meet him. Um, and then finally, uh, we'll be getting the personnel board back together in November um, for a meeting because uh, last year we were really, really successful in getting um, a lot of policies, we, you know, adopting the bylaw and then getting social media civility code of conduct policy as well as the workplace violence um, policies done. This year we have some, um, we're looking at the, um, the, mandatory reporter child sexual abuse um, policy for employees and believe it or not it's going to be we have to update our quarry policy again which we did in 2015 but it's time to do that one again so we've now <coughs> maintained all of our um, legally required policies and we're in the process of updating and and creating new policies so it is just such a great um, board to work with and they're so productive um, and happy to say that we'll be bringing you some more policy. You know, I think our probably fourth batch of policies will be coming to you in the coming months. That's all. Oh, one more thing. One more week for anyone interested in applying for the building commissioner position. Uh, I know it's really big shoes to fill. Uh, that closes on November 6th, and um, we're looking for qualified candidates for that position. Are we getting a lot of applicants? Tough, tough we probably have um, about 16 applicants for it. Uh, Which is know, thin compared to... Compared to, you know, our executive assistant, we have 165. So, uh, and uh, administrative assistant at the fire department had 211. So, you know, the more specialized a position is, uh, yeah. the harder it is to um, attract qualified that was, candidates. That was something I learned as well, in, in, is that the specialty positions are becoming extraordinarily difficult to recruit for. Um, all across the country. It's not just limited to, to Massachusetts. So. Um, Bill, I just have a question for you. You were talking about the decor for the town hall. Um, are you going to put up a, uh, a, a, a picture or a depiction of uh, Charles Fox, James, Charles James Fox, who the town of Fox was actually named after him? Love to. Do we, okay. do we have one? Well, there's, I know in one of Jack Offlet's books, there is a, a drawing mm -mm. of him. But I think it's really important that we have his picture in, in this town hall. I think it's great. Because yeah. I like to put it we right weren't in this named room. after an animal. <laughs> no, we, could, we, could, we should actually put it right here in this room. Yeah, and, and the story is very important because he was a member of parliament, and he actually uh, was for the uh, American cause for uh, dec the Declaration of Independence, and he took a lot of flack for it in England. Wow. But that in, in honor of him... That's why the town voted to call themselves Foxborough. 
it's a really interesting yeah. story. And okay. Jack can really, yeah. he's written about it. So. Yeah, I'd love to be able to get a picture. That'd be great. great. Yeah. He probably, he probably has it. Okay. Yeah. Action items. <clears throat> All right. I'll move to approve a gift donation in the amount of $140 to animal control from Frank Goodman. Second. Motion made. Second. Any further discussion? Seeing none. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Move to approve a gift donation in the amount of $125 to the Council on Aging in memory of Nancy Williams from Anonymous. Second. Motion made, second. Any further discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor? Aye. Aye. Move to approve a gift donation in the amount of $18 to Veteran Services for the Iraq and Afghanistan War Memorial from Charles and Jean Albert. Second. Motion made, second. Any further discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor? Aye. Aye. Move to approve a gift donation in the amount of $40 to Veteran Services for the Iraq and Afghanistan War Memorial from Patricia and Eric Stevens. Second. Motion made. Second. Any further discussion? Seeing none. All those in favor? Aye. Move to approve a gift donation in the amount of $500 to Veterans Services for the Iraq and Afghanistan War Memorial from Aridi Construction Company. You mean airtight? Airtight. Oh, yeah, that would work too. <laughs> Second. <laughs> Any further discussion? <laughs> Seeing none. All those in favor? Aye. Uh, move to approve a gift donation in the amount of $1,000 to Veteran Services for the Iraq and Afghanistan War Memorial from Glenn Mott. Second. Motion made. Second. Any further discussion? Seeing none. All those in favor? Aye. Move to approve a gift donation in the amount of $65 to the Council on Aging in memory of Nancy Williams. Second. Motion made. Second. Uh, any further discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor? Aye. Move to approve a gift donation in the amount of $10,100 to Veterans Services for the Iraq and Afghanistan War Memorial from the Foxborough Knights of Columbus and the Partners in Patriotism Fund. Second. Motion made, second. Any further discussion? Other than the fact that, thank you. Um, <laughs> Other discussion, I believe. Um, we are incredibly close to getting the required funding with that generous donation and the others that we approved tonight, but not quite there yet, but just about. Pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Great. Uh, all those in favor? Aye. Aye. I'll move to approve a gift donation in the amount of $765 to the Council on Aging, on aging for payments toward two presentations by Gary Highlander in a payment for half of September Tai Chi classes. Second. Motion made. Second. Any further discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor? Aye. Uh, we'll do these individually. Move to approve the 4417 uh, Board of Selectmen minutes. Second. Motion made. Second. Any further discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor? Aye. Aye. And move to approve the 101717 Board of Selectmen minutes. Second. Motion made. Second. Any further discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor? Aye. Aye. Thank you, Caitlin, for keeping us up to date. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. surprised. So that concludes uh, our first night in our new digs. I think everything went off without a hitch other than the fact that we were late.
getting here. <laughs> hey, before we close, one last thing. We're $9,000 short. $9,000 short. So, okay. time to write the check, Feldman. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm good for something, but right. <laughs> not nine grand. Move to adjourn. Second. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Good night, everybody.